0: Hello there. Uh, welcome, thank you for tuning in to the Bell Bill podcast on the stories of the lost songs of Ireland. This is a new podcast, so I appreciate very much people clicking play and having a go and trying something new. Um, my name is Bill O'Brien, I'm Bell Bill, you can find me on Insta or any of that, any of the social media sites. Um, my hobby is collecting old lost songs from Ireland. Um, with a view to breathing life into them. Songs that are no longer sung, songs that are not recorded, um, and those that are not widely known uh, are particular of interest to me. I I focus very much on Tipperary, because it's where I live. I'm from Tipperary, I grew up here, um, and I will probably live here most of my life. So I'll be focusing on this county to start with, but I'm absolutely not limiting the scope of this podcast or my research to any specific era or geography. Um, it's very true that Iir- Irish songs th- are a worldwide phenomenon. Um, there was a bit of an incident in the, mi- in the mid-1800s that caused an awful lot of Irish people to emigrate. They brought with them their songs, and they wrote plenty wh- wherever they went in the world, be it Australia, America, Canada... England, all parts of Europe. They brought their experiences, they brought their songs with them, and they wrote about those experiences and shared them. And a lot of these have ended up in historical archives now. Um, so I've spent a lot of the last six months uh, brow- browsing a lot of archives, a lot of historical archives that deal with music and songs and poetry, specifically looking for um old, lost, Irish tr- traditional songs, um, particularly around the region from where I live. Um, I've collected quite a few at this point, it's been a very, very fascinating adventure, and it's been very interesting trying to figure out the and um, how these songs were sa- sang at the time, and to share this with the world I decided to pop them into a podcast because each of these songs has a story to it and I think for me the story is just as important as the song itself because without the story the song doesn't make sense you can't there's no context so I've, I've so I've taken it upon myself to do this um, I work with quite a few sources uh, predominantly I've been using the Irish National Folklore Archive which is absolutely fantastic, not just for songs or for music, but for stories and for folklore in general. I'd absolutely recommend anyone with an interest in Irish folklore or Irish history to take a look at um, the National Folklore Archive. It's duchas.ie, d-u-c-h-a-s uh, dot i.e. You, c- you can find that at. Um, and what what this is is in the in the mid 1930s. Every child in Ireland, in a national school in Ireland, was given homework by the government Um, this was to go home speak to a parent or a family member, grandparent an aunt or an uncle and bring back to school a a piece of folklore, a story about the locality um, a riddle a lot of the time this would be a short story or a ghost story or a pishog cures, there were a lot of there are a lot of traditional medicine um, cures and things listed in these as well. All sorts of very, very interesting things that give you an idea of what life was like and the sorts of things that you know a, a, a 1900s Irish peasant would would have experienced the, the the life they would have experienced. An awful lot of it deals with farming practices as well. You can, if you want to learn how. Um, 19th century peasant made butter a thousand a thousand children of the 1930s would be delighted to explain it to you but then um, do take a look at dockers.ie it's, it's a fantastic resource and um, you can th- there is there's a function that you can look by on the map as well you can see a map of Ireland and it'll tell it will show you exactly where this national school was on the map and um, a lot of them closed down the population of Ireland is a lot Less now than it was back then, so there's less of a need for n- um, national schools. Um, or if, if you're interested, in if you're from the area, or if you have family that are from the area, it's very likely that you could fu- you you will find a piece of homework written by them that's that's been uploaded by the go- be kept by the government and uploaded. Um, so that might be of, of great interest to you. So the the project broadly. Is I'm g- I'm g- I'm this this started this all started as a hobby of mine. I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm I'm a musician from the area. I'm a very strong I- uh, interest in Irish history. A very strong interest in Irish folklore, and these three things together kind of led me. These these three different strong interests kind of sent me down this path of using folklore to find old songs. Um, looking up the history of the story of those songs within 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 the historical context, and then recording and singing these songs afterwards. So the three interests that I've, the, the, the very strong interests that I have, all kind of come into play here. So I've I've, I've, I've I intend and I expect that I will keep this um, in some fo- format or more or another, whether it remains as a podcast or not. But I think I will be continuing to do this work. Um, and continuing to bring these old lost songs back to life again so this is the first episode of of this podcast i'm not going to go into any specific songs to today um just to give a, i just wanted to give a, a, an overview of what this is all about the aims the aims that i have with this with this podcast and also to give a little bit of an idea as the, the, the the subject matter that these songs tend to deal with. So, as I said, I'm not particularly limiting myself to any time periods, but I L- Irish ballad writing had a gold age. This was in um, the 1800s. Um, the beginning of this would have been during the Napoleonic Wars, during the, po- Napoleonic, during the Napoleonic Wars... Across Europe, um, England used the whole of Ireland. Because I- Ireland is a colony. Uh, of course, anybody from Ireland knows that. And I think most people tuning in at this stage. Um, I- Ireland has a colonial past. Uh, we, were, we were a British col- colony for 800 years before we finally got our independence. Um, so any, all of these songs would, would have been written and sung um, under occupation, uh, by, a, by a nation under occupation. Uh, which is very very important to keep in mind um so as I was saying uh, in the early part of the 1800s you had the Napoleonic era, where islands, particularly the midlands of islands, places like um like Tipperary Offaly, where i'm where at Kilkenny, where I'm from um these counties grew grain for the British army. that was their job. there was a huge demand for grain across England. Um, because they were feeding a, they were feeding a massive army, fighting Napoleon in Europe. So they had, they had to s- supply their, their food sources. Uh, there's a saying. I think it's Sun Tzu. I'm not sure if he actually said it or or not. That uh, tactics win win battles, and um, logistics wins wars. So as part of the British logistics, military logistics, Ireland was a breadbasket producing. Millions and millions of tons of grains of grain. Um, This was largely transported out of Ireland. This this uh, massive food production was not for the local population, uh, who relied mostly on potatoes. Um, This was this was grain being grown on on Irish colonies to be exported to England, almost exclusively. Um, This caused a, a, a huge boom. Uh, an economic boom amongst the irish peasantry that went that lasted decades it lasted right up until Long and um, the famine so and as a result ballad writing song uh, s- uh, song singing thi- this kind of thing became more and more popular there was a lot more of it going on because there was a huge economic boom um which i get which i guess was the beginning of the of of uh, a goal, a golden age of irish of irish singing irish songwriting and ballads um this was in majorly interrupted now i'm going to talk a little bit about the famine um it's very remiss not to not to contextualize um the effects of the famine when talking about any any anything to do with ireland um from the mid a- the mid 1840s onwards um this this th- uh, on this podcast i won't tend to describe what happened in ireland from 1945 to 1949 as a famine uh because it was not a fa- it because it wasn't it quite simply wasn't a famine is defined as um where an area cannot produce enough food for its in, for its inhabitants and this was not the case at any stage in, in ireland's um in in history Ireland at the time was producing an abundance of food the problem was that this food was not being given, it wa- wasn't being made available to the people who lived and worked on these farms um, instead it was being sent o- over to England and Europe uh, it was sent as an English export and this led, this was a deliberate this was deliberate um, by the British go- by the British government by the English government um, as an attempts to Solve the Irish problem as they saw it at the time um, i don 't want to go too deeply into the history of Angortha- Angorthamore, more the famine, but just just on that point, I will be referring to this period to this period in Irish history as Angorthamore which means the great hunger um, in order in order to maintain factual accuracy when when describing this because as I said, it was not a famine and it should, it should not be, be referred to as a famine. Um, the vast majority of these songs that I will be dealing with were written and sung in the 1900s. We'll t- they touch on many of the same subjects, um, from the whimsy of everyday peasant life, the churning of butter, the going to the markets, that kind of thing, uh, to stories of great highwaymen and robbers and revolutionary leaders, who were a big thing at the time. There was, there was particularly in the in the hills in the Midlands, there were a lot of very famous Robin Hood type characters, such as Ned of the Hill, uh, Brennan of the Moor. Um, there's a, there's lots lots of these characters that entered into ballads, had ed- entered into local poems that were spread and shared across the country. Um, and the reason that these these types of songs became popular is because the vast majority of the peasantry. Understood. They could they could empathise with a character like Red O'Hanlon, who was a highwayman, who would who would rob lords and ladies in their carriages as they travelled between estates across the Tipperary mountains. And the, p- the peasants would hear these stories and think, Yeah, why not? Why why not rob this lord and lady? These are the people driving us from our land. These are the people charging us extortionate rent. These are the people in benefiting from penal laws, um, laws in Ireland that made being essentially made being Catholic illegal. Um, there's a lot to cover. An awful lot happened in I- in Ireland in the eighteen um, in the eighteen hundreds. So putting a lot of these songs into the historical context is quite a lot of work. Um, so I'll be doing this, and I'm going to be I'm going to be looking at one song at a time. I think I think one or s- one song uh, per podcast, perhaps two, if they are on the if they meet the same if they're about the same theme. But I think looking at the themes of the of, the, of these songs is, is is an is an important approach. Another great focus of these songs um, is the period of the failed rebellion of seventeen ninety eight, um which saw tens of thousands of Irish men and women across the country rise up against the occupying English yeomanry with their pikes and pitchforks. Uh, a show of force that was absolutely astounding to the entire world at the time. Um, these were peasants with no weapons, li- with just with just their pikes. And this happened in almost every town across Ireland. It was a coordinated effort. Uh, the song The Rising of the Moon is about this. And um, many of our great martyrs that are mentioned in songs today, such as Sean Self of Gary Owen, Roddy Macaulay of, uh, County Antrim, Father Murphy of County Wexford, uh, who is mentioned in the song of Vogue, each immortalized, um, in ballads of their own. So the songs and the stories of 98 would have been an integral part of the sh- social fabric, um, in the early, particularly in the early 1800s, where people had a, an immediate memory of it, people had, you know, family members that fought and died in in the in the, in the 98 rebellions. So the, these these the songs about these martyrs and about this rebellion would have been very very important. Would have been very influential to every subsequent rebellion that Ireland has had. You have the Young Island, the Home Rule movement, the Young Islanders movement, um, the Land League movement. These are all 1800s, uh, 1800s revolutionary movements against occupation, against landlordism, against colonization in such a way that they understood it on the grounds at the time. Um, so 17, 1798 would have been a very, very important event. For, for Irish ballads, um, almost ushering in a gold, a golden age of, of, I, of Irish songwriting that um, went on and continued to inspire revolutions, continued to inspire um, these secret societies that became revolutionary organisations that, over the course of the next 100 years, over the next 150 years, led to the actual liberation of the state. And... Um, so I, b- I believe these songs are very, very important. Uh, the influence that they have on subsequent generations, where they learn of uh, great things, great rebellions, great battles that were fought before them, they uh, they can understand them. They can al- they learnt these lessons and applied them. Um, it's no it's no coincidence that many of the leaders of the 1916 Rising were. Ballad singers and writers, um, most famous, most famously, I think uh, Jim Larkin was was a great singer of the song "Rising of the Moon," um, which is a set, which is a ninety eight a seventeen ninety eight song. So these these would have these types of songs would have continually, continually, um, inspired um revolutionary leaders in this country, and I believe that's a very important thing. And to preserve these songs and to to bring back to life a lot of these, I, I, I think is very important. Um, and I'm I'm very very happy to do this work. So, that's that's uh, uh, that's pretty much everything I wanted to say as an introduction. Um, there'll be plenty more. Like uh, obviously, every 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 song that I take, I'll. Ha- I will. I'll be fully putting into its context historically, so um, it can probably be understood uh, today for what it is and for what it was. Because um, I, f- I feel that's very, very important. Rather than just digging up and singing a song um, without its context. Um, that's yeah. That's pretty much everything that I wanted to cover as an in as, a, as a as an introduction. I'm already going over. I said I'd be fifteen minutes, and I'm already going over this. Um, I I have got an Instagram account at the moment for this project and this is baldbill Bald uh, b a u l d b i l l um I'll be sharing a- additional documents and interesting things that I find uh, during my research here and um, if anyone is interested uh, wants to get in touch uh, do I'm um, I'd be delighted to hear from you um I also will be setting up a Patreon as well because i would absolutely love more than anything for this uh, project to become self sustaining and um, if i could spend my 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 full day monday to sunday looking up old songs figuring out how to sing them how to record them and telling the story about them to people on the internet that way i think that would be uh, me living my happiest life so um if you do if you do feel like uh, supporting that if you do if you have an interest in Irish music if you have an interest in learning about the history of Irish music in particular do get in touch Um I, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear from you as well so I'll wind it up at that thank you very much uh, for tuning in this is the Bell Bill uh, podcast on the, sto- the stories of the lost songs of Ireland I'll come up with a better title at some stage something something snappier but for now that's what I'm sticking with